the only show focused on stars improvement strategies and the leaders who implement them. This is the Rising Stars with Rex Wallace Show, brought to you by Hyperlift. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Rising Stars. I'm your host, Rex. This is your co-host, Mick Toomey. Mick, welcome back. Thank you, sir. Happy to be here. And these are our three esteemed guests. Let's go ahead and get right into the conversation today. We have uh, Jennifer Pagram from Blue Cross Blue Shield, Tennessee. We have Brenda Capolini from The Health Plan. And we have Richard Pridham from Retina Labs. So first off, thank you three for being our guests today. Um, I'm going to just tee up the topic, and then I want you to really quick give a quick introduction of yourself, and then we'll get right into the first question and, and have a great conversation. But, you know, when you think about um, all that we have going on in our industry today, we, uh, you know, we're on the, on the verge, on the, on, the, on the cusp of the final rule coming out. I mean, we sit here on March 22nd. We expect it to, to drop around, you know, the first, the first week of April. And um, a lot is expected to be in there from the proposal. So things like the improvement measure, hold harmless changing, which makes continuous incremental improvement critical, even more critical than it already was. Um, it's really, really important that we continue to find ways to improve in SARS going forward because of that change alone. And then the health equity index reward, replacing the reward factor, that's a huge change on its own that makes us have even a stronger focus on health equity and the importance of it. The member experience weight's changing, um, which is kind of causing HEDIS to be resurrected as the, the, the king of stars, again, from a weight standpoint, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of people are happy about. And, um, you know, just lot, lots, of, lots of changes. And I think the punchline here is that, you know, we, there is a huge need, a really important need for us as quality leaders in Medicare Advantage health plans especially to find ways to incrementally improve through things like in, innovative HEDIS solutions that, have a focus on improving the member experience at the same time and improving health equity. So um, with that, you know, that's the kind of the topic of our conversation today. I know all three of you are, are, are heavily involved in, in efforts around those and in, in, in somewhat together, right? So let's, let's, let's get into that. Richard, if we can actually start with you. Um, well, just a quick introduction first of maybe 30 seconds on who you are, who Retina Labs is, what your role is, the role you guys play in the industry. Yes. Well, I, uh, thanks, Rex, for a great intro. Um, yeah, I'm Richard Pridham. I'm president and CEO of Retina Labs. We're a company that uh, focuses on chronic eye disease screening and detection, uh, and we do that in both point-of-care settings and in-home uh, settings as well, where we provide diabetic eye exams and preventive care screenings for different lab tests. Thanks, Richard. And and Jen? Hey, Rex. Glad to be here. Yeah. So Jen Pegram, a program manager, happy to be uh, serving 147,000 Blue Cross uh, senior care members across this beautiful state of Tennessee. And I've been with Blue Cross for eight years and have majority of that time been in this role with MedAdvantage. So glad to be here, Rex. Thanks for the invite. So glad you're here. And Brenda, same thing. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Brenda Capolini, AVP of Population Health at the Health Plan. Um, we are the oldest managed care company in West Virginia, 1979 is when we got uh, first enrolled membership. We now have um, Medicare Advantage, Medicaid for West Virginia, as well as commercial book of business. Awesome. Thanks. And um, Jen and Brenda, both nurses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So, so great, great to, to have you guys on today. Um, and, and both of your plans work actually work with retina labs, right? So we, 
we I want to get that out there because the importance of our conversation today, I think, you know, leans on these actual case studies that, that we actually have. This is, you know, we have real examples of ways that you guys have approached some of the things that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, Jen, actually, you first, if you can, yeah. when you, what what problem were you guys trying to solve? What was keeping you up at night when, you know, when you, when you found Retina Labs, when you found Richard, and, 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 and kind of how did that come about, the problem you're trying to solve? Yeah, so uh, great question. I think about this often because it was a pivotal point for us when we were when I met uh, Richard. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it is something um, for we had previously done as a health plan offering uh, an in-home opportunity for our membership, particularly for our diabetics, to have the convenience of the screening and. and I'm always thinking of what we can value add, right? And what we can um, provide for our members beyond just that, you know, high touch, as I call it, element. And um, something that was interesting in conversation with Richard is they had the high tech side of it. So not only was he um, able to kind of provide both avenues, I really loved the tools and innovation that he was presenting. So I knew um, at the time, for sure, we wanted to continue working with um, a partner like Retina Labs to to be um, side by side with us when we are engaging with our members and, and doing everything from meeting them in their home to doing events uh, for that important eye exam. Um, and we also liked that Retina Labs could also do um, some kits for us in the home as well. So. Um, like I said before, us having um, members in the state, you know, we're, we're a single state plan. Um, and so we've got to touch, you know, all regions of the state and be good in doing that. So that was kind of the, it was a win-win. And Brenda, for, for you, similar or how, how, would, how, would, how does your story differ? So differs in, in the way that um, I assumed responsibility for HEDIS in 2019. And I'd been with the health plan for years um, in various roles, but when I assumed the responsibility for EHEDIS, that was just always baffling to me that we could not get these eye exams completed. Knowing how important it is, knowing it's preventing blindness and um, the, the challenges the population of West Virginia and Ohio face. So um, did some research and found this wonderful in-home vendor who is ready to take on the challenge of West Virginia and provide those services there. And in addition, um, as soon it wasn't too far um, after the COVID uh, pandemic hit, we had the public health emergency and the shutdown. So Retina Labs was ready to roll into the homes and use, you know, the appropriate safety precautions, but not, um, you know, willing to, willing to continue. So it was great. Definitely. Richard, so, you know, in in the home is clearly an important place where we all are focusing now, right? um, Care care in the home. I mean, when when we think about all the insecurities that, you know, a lot of our Medicare members have, and if we look at this through a health equity lens, you know, transportation insecurities, (laughs) financial insecurities. Um, But is that... Is that your core model? Like, are you, how, how, where else are you serving members or is it just in the home? Well, we, we, as, as Jen mentioned, I mean, we're a technology company and we initially started um, around teleophthalmology 
um, and, and we provide a, an end-to-end platform that is used predominantly in point-of-care settings, such as primary care practices, to enable those um, you know, care facilities to offer diabetic eye exams as part of a routine care visit. And um, you know, in 2018, we started getting more and more calls from health plans that were struggling to close the diabetic eye exam gap through those downstream uh, point-of-care channels. And you know, they approached us with uh, you know, uh, an opportunity to provide an in-home service where we would mobilize a field workforce, uh, manage a population, uh, provide all the outreach services to dispatch our uh, to engage and dispatch our, our field workforce into the members' homes and, and carry out not only the, the diabetic eye exam, but as Jen mentioned, uh, kits, which are A1Cs, colon cancer, and, and kidney health. Um, I think what we're seeing is a broader transition or a shift away from the doctor's office being the sole um, place where, where members uh, can obtain care. And uh, we're seeing a shift towards home care. We're seeing a, an aging population um, we're seeing increased incidence rates of, of chronic diseases like diabetes. You have, uh, in many cases, an, an immobile population that are homebound that cannot travel to a doctor's office. And in many cases, especially in, in West Virginia and in, in Tennessee, it's a highly rural population. Uh, so uh, access to care for them is highly problematic, and that's a, a big part of what we deliver. Yeah, the, the rural the rural aspect is is um, a clear opportunity right i mean jen brenda i mean i assume you both have significant rural populations and it's you know have you you seen oh yes benefits there yeah definitely as a matter of fact when we look at um social determinants of health transportation issues comes up as number one in our population and secondary is financial insecurity so Mm -hmm. there's you know you add them together you can't get people to the doctor and if you've got, um, you know, an hour's drive to any kind of specialty services, it really makes it challenging. So that's why this was just such a great opportunity to support our diabetic members, you know, that we could, we could send the services to them. And plus then looking at expanding that and having it on um, the services provided in, in clinics as well. More yeah, I could, uh, yeah, uh, Brenda, that's a good point. So we've partnered with mm-hmm. um, the Health Plan of West Virginia to empower your network of uh, primary care practices to perform those exams in the point of care. And and um, the Health Plan has been very gracious in donating retinal cameras to these practices. And that's a program that I think is mm-hmm. going to bear a lot of fruit. Yeah, definitely. So as as, as two nurses, I'm sure you're excited that HEDIS is is uh, coming back into the into its role as the the heaviest weighted category in stars. Curious about the these and this is uh you know solving these HEDIS gaps, closing these HEDIS gaps in the member's home or in a mobile clinic or in the provider's office, like we've talked about. Um, um, such a such an important way, I think, to do it with also an impact on the member experience and so member satisfaction okay. to hopefully drive that up too, right? But are you guys are you guys seeing that? Are you are you thinking about that when you're launching initiatives like this, the the impact on the member experience as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it is um, an important avenue that we don't we want to take advantage of, honestly. For um, it's an extension of us, right? As the health plan, and I charged um, Richard, and he was very willing to take on the challenge of how we can 
um, get that point of care um, survey opportunity just to see how their the whole experience is. So that's been valuable. It ties right into feedback to us um, as, internally as we track NPS. And um, I mean, we hear anecdotal you know feedback a lot on everything from um, how much they like the technician to uh, utilization of, of having um, that service, like to what Brenda mentioned, which she did very well, that um, it is very evident that one challenge or multiple challenges can easily prevent them from even pursuing, you know, and, and meeting them where they are and bringing this into the home. is just a huge win. So it, what Richard is doing through um, the exams and getting eyes on the patient, as they say, um, uh, really creates some peace of mind, which we want to carry forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the comments that read, they really make you smile when you read the comments. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, yeah. for instance, my, my grandchild yeah. was sitting on my lap while they took the, while they did yeah, the exam. Yeah, you know, yeah. things like that, that just... Mm-hmm. That when you talk about member experience, I mean that's mm-hmm. just fantastic, right? It is. Some and, of the and, things you know. That... Uh, oh, go ahead, Mick. Sorry. No, go go ahead, Richard. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So uh, just to highlight what uh, Brenda and, and Jen were um, uh, referring to. So we survey all our all the members we encounter in home uh, very closely after the, uh, the encounter. And we share that feedback with the health plan with full transparency. And I think the big takeaway is that members love the service. They're very uh, appreciative of the fact that somebody reached out to them, scheduled an in-home visit, came to their home. Um, and I think overall it's, they, they show a high appreciation for the service that we provide, which I think in turn, um, really drives the member experience for the plan. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, seeing the the impact, the ancillary impact that it's going to have on member experience is a significant thing. You know, when from our side, what we're always looking at is how do we optimize star ratings, right? How do how do we get the scores up as high as we can possibly do it? And with some of the changes that Rex referred to earlier, QI, as Rex said, it's always been a a high point on on our radar, right? But it just got a lot higher because now it's going to impact every plan out there for the most part. Every plan that's not five stars has to be thinking about this now. And and when you think about that in in combination with the weight change that is putting HEDIS back on top, a lot of what we were trying to get out here is to let people understand how – this is now a, a much bigger focus than it's probably been in recent years. And so being able to understand how you can maximize these scores across these handful of measures that we're talking about specifically today, but also how you can be a little bit more targeted in your approach to really go after the the QI component on, on some of this. So being able to target those members and understand, you know, when we're close to getting up to another QI, you know, significant improvement threshold, something like that, this seems like something that we'd be able to turn on and execute to get over that hump. Is that, is that a fair assessment, Jen, Brenda, from your experience? I'll go first, I guess. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we have found, you know, year over year, a diversified approach for us, particularly for these HEDIS measures. It's just a, it's a game changer. And um, kind of what Rex was saying earlier, what keeps me up at night is I knew that we need to sustain this type of service that we had done for a couple of years. And 
So what also keeps me up at night is the continual change in the stars lineup. And, and we always have to be improving and changing, right. To go into that calculation. I mean, it's just the name of the game. Um, so the short answer is yes. <laughs> how, how you do that. I think for us, we found kind of pouring in more um, viable data and utilizing retina labs, like I was saying before, for multiple service points, you know, everything from subjective data to objective, right? What, what are their labs say, but also are they happy with us in this service? And that's, that's going to lift caps, but it obviously with the weight of HEDIS coming back into play and it's kind of balancing itself out, we know we have to focus on both still, right? Even though the weight's changing. Yeah. And, and to echo that too, you know, really pushing more collaboration with possibly mm -hmm. Um, you know, retina labs and primary care offices to, to get more services completed there. Many primary yeah. care offices may have laboratory services available, but if we can pull it together with a, an eye clinic day or if they don't have lab services, I mean, plus we're, we have the, the um, bone density screening that yeah. we can offer mm -hmm. too. And that's definitely, um, you know, that's, that's a good service to provide our seniors as well. Yeah, and I, I think the, the the primary care practices really appreciate that as well. I mean, we've done a, a number of events in, in Tennessee. We've done some in uh, in West Virginia and Ohio, and um, you know, uh, those screening events are are um, you know, very heavily attended, um, and they're very successful. So to to be able to, you know. Uh, perform these exams in, in points of care practices at health fair events and in home really covers the, the, the spectrum from A to Z. Right. So Brenda and, and, and Jen in that, so following up on that. So with, with all these different methods, right, that you're approaching these like diabetic eye exam using that one as the example, but whether it's in the home or, or a mobile clinic or in the provider's office or, or, or just a, a meld, well, not male for a diabetic eye exam, but but for for the at least those three multiple ways to reach the member. Are you seeing um, again back to the need of continual improvement? And Jen, I know you're a five star plan, right? So I know you know driving <laughs> driving um, continuous improvement gets harder and harder, right? When you are oh yeah when you when you guys are performing that highly. But are you are you seeing maybe historically non compliant members in the diabetic eye exam measure becoming compliant because of the multiple ways that we're able to you know reach these members with something like this? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I know it has to be part of the lift to get us to five stars, you know, mm -hmm. um, and it's not just overnight, right? This is a multi-year building relationship. I mean, even for example, with Retina Labs, you know, we found that our members specifically request certain technicians. I mean, that I've heard um, that several times. And so that's that relationship element. I feel like, you know, is that the key? Um but to your, to your mention, Rex, I think it, yes, it gets us there. Um, and, and for sure it's the long game and just what, what can we do to give them that decision point that they're going to say yes, you know, mm -hmm. to, to take care of themselves. Um, yeah. To yeah, meet, meet them where they are, right? Right. Right. And, and to start during COVID, I mean, our numbers for so many services dropped, during the public health emergency. And, um, you know, we were very pleased to gain a half star both years, the last two years. So 
you know, I, and, and our approach has really been just looking at the data, drilling mm-hmm. into it. I've got a great team of analysts who are always answering my questions for me, like, what about this? And what about that? And really just trying to see where there are patterns that we really need to improve upon. Patterns of care. Yeah. Yeah. Brenda brought up an excellent point. And I know this would be a whole other episode, but just the Mm -hmm. landscape of health equity and how we need to dive further into that, because obviously that's going to come into the calculation. So one point of, um, of note with retina labs that we've done for the beginning is um, zip code identifiers on our members, um, passing that across and wanting that reporting back. And um, I know that's valuable for Richard's side, just with um, scheduling of technicians and, and we use that heavily for events. You know, when we analyze data Mm -hmm. and look at density of gaps, what's the, what's the sweet spot of getting a member to drive 30 minutes, an hour, you know, to a to an event that Retina Labs would be at, for example. Um, so for health equity, we know that we've really got to pay attention to that for how the, our state is laid out and the diversity there. That's where we see a focus for us when it comes to that landscape um, moving forward. And an especially big focus for you guys being five stars and rewarding or relying on some reward factor <laughs> bonus to get there, right? I mean, so yes. health equity is going to have to come in a, yes. and help support that. Absolutely. Right. You're sure. spot on, right? Yep. Mick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely thinking about additional ways we can bring more to the members and keep them, um, you know, experience positive and get the services mm-hmm. performed. Yeah. Right. Any Anything we didn't cover that... I think one of the, I guess one of the things is, you know, home care has been around for a very long time. Um, in doing it at scale is an entirely different matter. Um, you know, it's a, it's a logistically challenging business uh, to, you know, perform the outreach, to schedule in, in a manner that's efficient um, and reduces costs. That's, of course, you know, are, are, are passed on to the, the health plan. So we knew from the outset when we got into the in-home business that we'd need to build a you know, a platform that would allow us to do this. And this is a, a you know, our comply hub system. Um, so it allows us to do the targeting in a highly, highly um, efficient manner. Um, the member targeting and of course the ensuing home visits, which allows us to complete those exams, um, you know, the most amount of exams uh, in, in the least amount of time. But I think that the big thing for, for the health plan is that they have complete visibility into this. So, you know, Jim was talking about data, but uh, they, they don't have to wait until the downstream uh, uh, claim activity has occurred for them to see what the results are. They could log in in real time and see all of the, uh, you know, the outreach and the screenings that we've performed well ahead of, uh, of how they would traditionally be able to, uh, to, to, to see that information. I guess, uh, Jen, uh, Brenda, has that been useful on, on your end, uh, being able to see this in, in, in real time? Yes, absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. Being, yeah, having that opportunity to actually see the results of the exams and we can integrate it into our care management programs. Um, often members with diabetes are in a chronic disease management program and yeah. we we can upload that result, send a notification to the nurse to schedule the appointment if if the findings are um, you know evident of disease. 
They can help coordinate the um, visit to the ophthalmologist as well as, you know, follow, following up to make sure it actually occurred. Oh, exactly. So there's a lot of touches there that, that occur as a result of this. And the same thing with, you know, all the other services. If it's an A1C, that's abnormal, or a, a colorectal cancer screening, that's abnormal. We upload that information and um, forward it to um, our nurses, and we follow up to make sure there's they are following up with their right. primary care. And that was important when we talked with our physician advisory committee, they wanted to make sure that they were in the loop. They, you know, don't we're, we still want to be part of this care plan. So, it's it seems to be working well. And great job of yeah, keeping all of them in the loop and mm-hmm. I mean coordination mm-hmm. is so so important, right? Care coordination, so. Right. Well, great. Well, hey, thanks. Thanks so much for your uh, for your input today, for being on the show. We uh, we appreciate it greatly and, and great conversation. And keep up the innovative work. Great. And my dogs are going crazy just on cue. So. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Thanks <laughs> so much, guys.